Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth and concepts for improving organizational culture. This is your host, Philip Grison. As you increase your wisdom, I hope you enlighten others on your path towards greatness. If you want to go further, head over to leaderthink.com. Hey, everybody. This is a two-part series on coaching without models. I wanted to break it into two sections so it was easier to digest. So let's dive right in to coaching without models. When people teach coaching concepts, they often teach a model to follow. I've done and still do that same thing. The reason for this is that coaching is typically a foreign concept to people. People are great at telling others what to do. Most people aren't as skilled at helping people find their own answers to their own problems. They need a place to start, and providing them with a model helps them get started down the coaching 101 path. But if you were to master coaching, you would not need a model to follow. You would have the ability to ask the right questions based on the unique personality you are engaging with. You would have the awareness to modify your approach based on the environment, the topic, and how that conversation is going. True coaching is flexible. It's not rigid. What a lot of people call coaching through models is actually modified coaching. It contains aspects of coaching but doesn't check all the boxes. Real coaching requires a conducive environment and the permission of the person you are coaching. A lot of model-based coaching skips both of those requirements. Modified coaching where some concepts are followed and others are not can still be productive. It is just important to clarify that true coaching and model-based coaching are not the same thing. Model-based coaching tends to skip some very important concepts, like having the person's permission. That's one reason why it isn't always successful and why people struggle with models. So what is coaching? Coaching is the process of helping people identify their own unique solutions to their own unique problems. It is helping them separate what is within their control from what is out of their control. Coaching is about helping people move towards solution-based thinking instead of problem-based thinking. To master this technique means that you can't use a model and expect every coaching conversation to always fit the model you are following. A step-by-step instruction manual just doesn't work when we are dealing with the dynamics of human beings. Because of these truths, we need a little flexibility with coaching. We need to know how to modify our approach based on circumstance and how that conversation conversation is going. If we can gain deep insight to what is underneath the surface of coaching models, then we can gain the ability to create our own coaching models on the fly whenever we need them. This allows us to specifically tailor a coaching conversation that is uniquely appropriate for the unique human you are coaching in the moment. Coaching conversations are never the same. There are similar circumstances that can be predictable to occur in any coaching conversation. 
But also, we need to be flexible and accept that it won't always go according to plan. If we can give up looking for that perfect model to follow, that perfect model that would work in any situation, then we can better embrace the uniqueness of every coaching conversation as a truth to be expected. From there, we can master this skill through continual practice, learning from failure, and seeking out opportunities to coach. So let's cover a little coaching basics. The point behind coaching is to help people think for themselves. Through the process of helping people think of their own solutions to their own problems, they become less reliant on other people to fix their problems for them. Coaching is the process of helping people look inside for solutions instead of looking outside. If you are a messenger of society and you're teaching coaching concepts, you will probably encounter situations where your audience argues with this truth. They might tell you that sometimes people need to be told what to do. That is true. But that's not coaching. That is lecturing or instructing. Coaching is not the first step toward learning a skill. Teaching and lecturing are forms of learning new information that are needed and valuable. But that's not coaching. If someone is new to a topic or a workplace procedure, then coaching is probably not very appropriate. We have to start somewhere. Training and education are useful when the topic is brand new. Coaching is for those who have already been trained in the subject matter. They already know the basics, the rules, the regulations, and the policies that apply. Coaching is for the struggles people face while doing what they were trained to do. Coaching is for the real-world struggles where everything doesn't work out like it does in a classroom. Coaching is about learning how to navigate the real-life problems that always show up in our lives. Not only do they show up, they never stop showing up. Think about it. As soon as you fix one problem, two more show up in their place. Problems are inherent to the way the world works. We will always have to address them, and no one person can fix everyone else's problems. What we can do is help guide people toward getting better at solving their own problems. That is what is within our power. That is also why coaching is such a valuable skill to incorporate into your culture. It's about working smarter, not harder. As a leader, if you are constantly putting out everyone's fires for them, then you are probably exhausted. If you can coach people on how to deal with their own problems, then that frees you up to deal with other stuff. In the interim, coaching can appear like one more responsibility to take on that nobody has any time for. But in the long term, coaching can free up resources that could be better spent elsewhere. How many little problems do you find yourself dealing with and at the same time wondering why the person or the group just couldn't deal with it themselves? 
That is what coaching is all about. People get a bad example of what coaching is when they watch sports. People label a person as the coach of a team. Then we see that same person directing the team during the game. That is not coaching. That is directing. The real coaching occurs in the locker room. When the coach is actually coaching, they're helping the quarterback discover their own solutions to their own unique problems. These are typically quieter conversations happening one-on-one and outside the view of the cameras. Since we rarely have a view into these private locker room conversations, Most people end up thinking the directing that they see on game day is coaching. But it is not coaching. It's directing. This is further complicated by the messages of our world. Everywhere you turn, there is a voice telling you what to think, not how to think. If you turn on the TV, the program you watch and the commercials in between are probably telling you what to think, what to believe, and what not to believe. If you go to social media, you will be bombarded with the opinions of other people telling you what to think. Sometimes those messages can be very emotional, telling you to wake up, or you are unintelligent if you don't think the way that they do. But true intelligence is the ability to think for yourself, to come up with your own ideas. The messages of the world are rarely encouraging you to think for yourself. They are most often telling you what to think, not how to think. Our parents, the school system, the government, our bosses, everywhere we turn, there is someone or something telling us what to think. This trains us not to engage in our own thinking. To think for ourselves, we have to break through belief systems that have been poured into us before we even had the ability to reject them. In the words of Carl Jung, thinking is difficult, that's why most people judge. Here's another way to draw awareness to this truth. Have you ever been stressed out and somebody told you, relax? Were you immediately overcome with feelings of calm, or did it not work at all? You see, you can't tell someone how to relax when they're stressed. You can guide them toward discovering their own methods for dealing with stress, but you can't lecture stress out of someone. It just doesn't work that way. The power of coaching is in the process. The power of coaching is the power of helping people learn to think for themselves. The power of coaching is in the process, not in the coach. The coach is not superior, and the person being coached is not inferior. Bias and judgment must be removed from any coaching conversation. Sure, you may see something clearly on the outside that a person has not yet become aware of on the inside, but that does not mean that the coach is superior. It just means that they see something the other person hasn't seen yet. 
In fact, a coach doesn't even need to be an expert on the subject matter in order to coach someone. The skill of coaching is guiding people toward a solution-focused method of thinking. It doesn't matter if the coach is not very experienced with the specific problem being discussed. What really matters is that the coach is experienced in dealing with problems and discovering solutions. That is what matters. Coaching draws from what we know about the cognitive behavior model. Coaching is about helping people have more control over the types of thoughts that they think. Coaching is about guiding people away from the unchangeable problems of circumstance and helping them see what really is within their control, their thoughts. The power of coaching is helping people see that they can choose to think more about solutions instead of problems, which in the end affects their behaviors and the results. So there are a few coaching prerequisites that a person must have before they ever become a successful coach. The prerequisites required for coaching are self-awareness, deep listening skills, the ability to bond with people, and patience. All of these are required and tend to have overlap with each other. They are non-negotiable and work together. First, self-awareness. Understanding the brain, who is speaking, limbic or prefrontal cortex, and the cognitive behavior model, all of these are essential to effective coaching. This is one reason why models just don't work. Sometimes we give people the questions to ask, but they lack the basic understanding of influences on behavior and how the brain works. This self-awareness is mandatory to effectively coach someone. When people attempt to coach others without the depth of understanding of each component of the cognitive behavioral model, how could they truly guide people away from unchangeable circumstance and toward the results of controlled thought? How can I guide someone away from their limbic brain that is problem-focused and toward their prefrontal cortex that is enlightened and creative if I don't even understand those basic brain-based concepts? I have to see these forces at play within me, within myself, before I can see them clearly in other people. This self-awareness is a critical prerequisite to coaching. Then there's the deep listening skills. Most people don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to respond. Most people catch the front end of whatever someone is saying to them and then move toward formulating what their response will be. When people do this, they aren't hearing everything being said. They are missing important details while they are coming up with their response. A coach must be able to listen deeply, to know what part of the person's brain is speaking, and to clearly see where they are focused. Are they focused on circumstance 
or the awareness of their own thought patterns. This requires shutting down our own limbic brains to listen deeply. This also means that you have limited energy for coaching. Remember, the prefrontal cortex is quickly overloaded. We have limited energy to coach. Because of this, we also need to create an environment conducive to coaching. If someone is running a jackhammer nearby, then the ability to listen deeply is obviously diminished. So is the ability to coach someone. We need to practice deep listening regularly to become better at it. When you focus on this, you will be amazed by how much opportunity you have to enhance your listening skills. Listen to the stories people tell without offering any opinion or guidance of your own. Instead of asking, have you tried XYZ or some type of suggestion on how to fix their problems? Ask them for more detail, more information. Like, what was the hardest part about that experience for you? If you could go back in time, what would you do differently? What did you learn from that event that changes the way you look at things? If you met someone who had never experienced that challenge before, that challenge that you experienced, what would you teach them? Practice asking non-leading questions without offering any advice at all. Focus on learning more of the story. Focus on getting the person to tell you more details of how it affected them and what they learned or are learning from the experience. The point is to move our brains away from trying to fix other people's problems so we can make room for them to come up with their own solutions. You can do this at the dinner table with your family. You can do this in the workplace with your coworkers. Get into the habit of asking people to share more of their story with you without ever trying to advise them or fix things for them. Just focus on listening. You actually get a twofer out of this. On one hand, you are honing your listening skills. On the other hand, you are building trust with people. You're building trust with the people you are listening to. They are seeing more and more that you have a true interest in them because you do truly listen to them. This leads to a connected concept of developing a bond with people. If you can't establish some sort of connection or bond with people, then they probably won't be very open to letting you coach them. Real coaching requires the person's permission. Even modified coaching out in the field requires a little permission. If you are going to coach someone, they have to be open to having a conversation with you. They have to trust you enough to open up to you about their struggles. Without their trust and their permission, you can't really coach someone. That is the side benefit of practicing deep listening. You are building trust with these people. You are creating a bond with them. Some people already have this skill. Some people need a little help. If you are just getting started with bonding with your people, think about this. 
we all share something in common. We can all learn something from anyone. There's this client I have where I've learned just as much from the janitor in the organization as I have the director of the organization. Some people, they walk right by the janitor like he is a lesser human being. But by simply making the time to consistently stop, say hello to him, ask him how he's doing, treat him like my equal, he has done the same thing for me. He goes out of his way to help me because I treat him like an equal. It's amazing what people will do for you if you just treat them with some basic dignity. Unfortunately, not everyone gets this truth. We all face challenges, and we all have experienced some version of success. We all have things that we like to talk about, things that inspire us. No one is truly superior to one another when we remove the titles and the bank accounts. The more you treat people like you're equal, regardless of title, salary, or level of education, the more they will want to bond with you. They will also trust you more and be more willing to open up to you. Get inspired about being interested in other people. This will help you on your path toward bonding with others. Patience is also required with coaching. Nobody starts at the finish line. We first build ourselves up to being a potential coach before we can learn to master the process itself. Coaching is a path we follow, and we must have the patience to see its benefits further in the future. We need the patience to deal with our own responsibilities and the patience to put them on hold as we make time to listen to others with genuine interest. We need the patience to bond with people before they are ever willing to give us their permission to coach them. When we finally get to the point where we actually have a coaching conversation, that conversation will require patience as well, and most likely it won't be a one and done. So next time we are going to dive deeper into part two of Coaching Without Models. Till then, hope you have a great week. If you learned something valuable today, please share it with others. For more information, head over to leaderthink.com.